Hello and welcome to the Three Plane Sports Podcast. Just three plane guys from the Great Plains talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host and producer Dylan, joined by three guys who aren't nearly as good as I am at filling out their football immaculate grids with obscure former Nebraska Cornhuskers. First, Texas Rangers knob gobbler, tight end enthusiast, and documented Calvin Ridley and Joe Mixon hater, Colin. Good evening. Next, worried that his entire fantasy football roster is going to get arrested for speeding, known trade colluder and Bartolo Colon denier, Sam. Thank you, Dylan. Finally, Billy Ray Cyrus karaoke singer, Jason Kidd apologist, and our token Jets fan, Corbin. First time caller. Actually, second time caller, but uh, Corbin's back. We'll talk some Jets uh, if we get to some NBA talk. Uh, he's a Mavs fan, so uh, we can hate on him for that for a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll jump uh, into the pregame. We're recording this on Tuesday, October 4th during uh, Game 7 of the NLCS, or actually, it probably, I don't think first pitch has gone yet. It's also it has. Opening. It's also okay. October 24th, pal. What did I say? October 4th. Oh, uh, 24th. Uh, and it's also uh, opening night for the NBA, so we'll probably get into that a little bit. But first, some news items. So as we mentioned, Game 7 of the NLCS, both CS games went to seven games. Uh, the Rangers beat the Astros. Only away teams won, which was kind of interesting. The Astros looked pretty shitty uh, in those final two home games, and actually the first two home games, too. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, do the Rangers have what it takes to, to go the whole way? I, I'm partial to the Phillies here, but, you know, it's biased. I mean, I think they have what it takes. I think they just showed loud and clear that they have what it takes. Uh, <laughs> took it to the defending champs four times at their own house. Pretty damn good stuff, man. And honestly, I don't give a fuck if they go all the way or not because they did what I needed them to do. So good on the Texas Rangers. Yeah, no, and honestly, even all three teams left, despite like our our draft of playoff teams, if the Rangers win, great. It is one year where I don't, I won't be upset with anyone winning. I do sort. Of, one thing I will say is like I don't, I, I'm not actively gonna root against the Phillies at any point. I have no ill will towards them. I do just find it funny if Bryce Harper can't win a title ever since the Nats won the year after he left. So that <laughs> him just continually getting so close when uh. It just, I just find it funny, but this was the first, uh, last night was the first game seven, I believe, in, since 2020, if I remember I saw right, which... It's the Phillies first ever game seven, in like in any series, I think. Oh, oh, I have no clue, but I'm definitely talking like just both like championship series and world series, the first time it's gone to seven since 2020, so it was nice to see heavy stakes this far in. And of course, Corbin is Corbin. You're a Rangers fan, right? Absolutely. I mean, you live in the area. The only team in Dallas I don't support is the Cowboys because you know Jerry Jones sucks. But uh, respect the Rangers. Honestly, I was really shocked. The batting was always good. Pitching was never there. And then pitching finally started to just take off for some reason. So shout out to Max. Shout out to we really should have beat them honestly earlier. Like game. That one game where they came back, though, like 4-3, it should have been over then. But nonetheless. The one with the fight, look, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, nonetheless. Uh, Garcia is just, he is so, like, his bat is so hot right now. 
there's I, as long. I mean, I don't know if that's going to go away during the break before a World Series. But if he keeps hitting like he did in the last two games against the Astros, then there's no fucking Depends way. Depends on the quality of steroids. <laughs> that's true. I think it'll depend on which uh, which team he does face it uh, does face because I think the Diamondbacks uh, starters are much more susceptible to getting fucking teed off on in a more frequent manner than the Philly starters have been so far. Like they're at least front two guys, so it'll be very interesting to see how uh, tonight plays out. Diamondbacks up one zero, uh, bottom of the first. I will say we're going to get a cool uh, – I, I think we're going to get a good, like an interesting matchup in the World Series either way. you know. And this is actually the first time in – since 2017, I think, that neither the Astros nor the Dodgers are in the World Series. It's, that's how you know it's a good year. <laughs> right. That's how you know I'm just happy for, you know, whatever teams to be there. I'm okay yeah. with – I'm okay with any winner here. It's not one I can hate, like just hate. So, alrighty. Uh, and as for our, uh, actually, all three of us still have a dog in the fight from our MLB draft. Uh, Phillies are still in it for me. Uh, Sam had the D-backs, and Colin's got the Rangers. So Colin has the guaranteed World Series appearance, and Sam and I are waiting to see uh, which of us is eliminated from our playoff draft. That makes Brandon up for Finn me. Has taking me home tonight. <laughs> yeah, it makes up for me. Uh, you know, picking a team that decided to shit down their leg and not make the playoffs. Yeah, so, Colin with the only team on the list that didn't make the fucking playoffs. But uh, I won't be the only one to not have a team make the World Series, though. So I'll take it. No. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to a little college football news. Uh, since I don't know how much more college football we'll talk, uh, so there's some interesting ones. Um, in case you uh, have been living under a rock, I'm sure you've heard about this, but uh, this past Saturday, uh, Michigan State's uh, you know pregame scoreboard crew uh, put up a- an image of Hitler and and a trivia question about his uh, his place of birth for the the pregame trivia show. Uh, not apparently they didn't know it was on there, but that's still sloppy to not be watching that. My question for the group is, uh, is a Nazi salute a, a fair catch symbol, like a fair catch signal? Um, I learned anything that is pretty much... Waving your arms around? Anything in, in between, like sort of that just fucking horizontal, perpendicular to your body to straight up is, so uh, I would think so. Anything between raising your hand to ask a question and patting it and reaching your arm out to pat a child on the head. Anything between there. Yep. So I think it would qualify uh, Michigan State. Maybe test that out next week. I would like to get point. I would like to point out that after uh, after performing that act, uh, Michigan State proceeded to go scoreless against Michigan at home, which moves us on to the Michigan sign-stealing allegations and the uh, ripples that is sending through the Big Ten and the rest of the college football world. I know Colin, in particular, wanted me to mention this. Uh, I don't know. I lost you, Colin. It's a massive news point, sorry. Um, And it's just sort of wild. It's, you know, the only other time we've seen sign-stealing... Of Shut this in, in football, fucking mouth. 
I mean, <laughs> don't make him say it. <laughs> All right, I I literally wasn't. I was actually going to reference the Patriots, but yeah, some uh-huh. pieces of shit in Houston hey. did it for baseball. You, you brought that upon yourself. You would have done it for the Cubs. No man, I'm a man of man of honor. <laughs> oh, if they would have come and fucking asked you, you would have. I was interested. I, I, Dylan just saw the first time he saw the headline about Michigan. He was just already getting defensive about the Astros, <laughs> just getting ready to hear it. And it's just like, oh, no, it's not the same. It's different. <laughs> no, I, I don't. It's not even that it's different or anything. Uh, it is, there, there is. I mean. It's who was going to reference the Patriots, and you just were like, "I'll get ahead of it right away." Maybe I haven't read enough into this, but I don't. Here's the deal: to me, it's a little bit different than the. I I would say the Astros deal was worse than this because it's a it's a little bit different between judging pitches and it's gonna. It's kind of you're staring at each other at the side. Ultimately, you know, you're kind of staring at each other at the sidelines, and if you figure out that. I'm just making something up. Every time that you know your opponent twirls his finger a certain way, uh, the you know the Mike linebacker blitzes. How are how you're just supposed to ignore that and say, "Oh, I'm going to run it up the middle and get stuffed," even though I saw this signal that says clearly the Mike linebacker is about to blitz. So I, I see what you're saying there, but the 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 it's not the issue of scouting your opponent. That I think is common, like having you know people at the games. It's the ambiguity of this potentially being filming your opponent's sideline during said games, which is speculatively what is pretty much being said to have occurred. And I will point out, and I saw this today, and I think it's just sort of an interesting tidbit, is the worst defensive game Michigan has had in the past from like the start of last year to today would be TCU, which is the team they did not have on their schedule over this timeline. And that doesn't like incriminate them in particular. It is sort of an intriguing little bit though, that the one team they couldn't, you know, prep ahead of time to scout or do this sign stealing um, was the one that dr- just beat the pi- fucking piss. I mean, not even beat the piss out of them, but put up 50 plus on them. I, I do want to mention, I, I remember reading that, you know, Ohio State had kind of caught on that this was that this was happening uh, for Michigan. And they, they figured out, you know, the, the, the years where they've they've played each other that. Well, every year they play each other, but they, they they kind of figured that out and knew that they had to change their signals for Michigan. They did that, and it it didn't really make a difference because Ohio State's lost to Michigan what the last two or three years. Yeah, yeah, I, and they, I, they, I they agree. know they had to change their signals because they they kind of figured out that that might be going on. Well, well, and with how late in the season you play someone, that has to occur anyway to some extent, just from basic scouting. It it, it theirs has been a bit funky between. <laughs> Obviously, sort of what I was saying there with TCU and along with you seeing the guy on the sidelines. And, you know, it, it's just a little funky. I think what's the most interesting thing about it, so like an hour ago they actually did just drop that Michigan apparently did send people to Georgia, sent people to Alabama. They sent people to pretty much other contenders. They just ignored TCU, which is hilarious <laughs> that you would just ignore the person. Oh, we but, don't need that. <laughs> But Pay they the have, price for it. They just lost to K State. We don't need that. 
they have a Venmo transaction that just says GA, which uh, is to if one of the guys, because the guy was a former Marine, which makes it honestly much more funnier that a former Marine would fuck it up this bad. But, um, but yes, it says GA, and it was very obviously the Georgia versus South Carolina game that happened. So they were was just this, scouting other was contenders. Was the Venmo for his crayon snacks? His crayon snacks? <laughs> I think, and I think Colin might know, what happens if, like, Vegas and, like, the FBI starts to get involved if this has such a change and effect on games? What happened to, um, happened to I don't MMA. think Vegas, <laughs> yeah, Vegas is involved. nothing on this because it's it's a team rather than like if, if this dude also got caught like betting on shit that's gonna be like that's gonna be its whole different problem. This is you know very much just in the vein of gonna be some you know maybe the FBI gets involved like like the college basketball NCAA shit which I highly doubt. I think this will be internal i think the ncaa sort of learned their lesson to let the fbi be involved because they got absolutely just yeah that's right right. (laughs) i think the interesting thing to come out of this though is that we might start seeing uh instead of signs communications like we see in the nfl like in helmet communications with the quarterback and with the middle linebacker who i did is what uh, what coach I did see mention about like the in helmet communications, Dylan? Matt you know, I, asked about it. Yeah, I saw him talking Monday. about it. And um, he was mentioning how like what that high school has technology for that, even yeah. NFL does, but college it's just no. And I think that's just that obviously you know NCAA has been asinine and fucking behind the times on many of things that they should be better with and that's just another one on in their fucking quiver there just fucking being not letting the headset shit that's insane like it, you're trying to get some of these guys prep for the nfl might as well have that that was that was matt rule's big pull I mean, first of all he says like of course we'd love to have that that makes all of this a lot better um and but you know if they don't if they won't give us that technology we'll just keep doing what we've been doing yeah, he made a really good point about that we're trying to prepare guys. Ultimately, we're trying to prepare guys for the NFL. And if you go four, five, uh, I guess six years with COVID year now, uh, without ever having like a headset communication or you're constantly looking to the sidelines for your signal, whereas you get into the NFL and all of a sudden you're just you're taking your your calls from one dude like if you're on defense you know you're taking your calls from one dude who's got an earpiece in his helmet telling you like when to when the blitz what coverage to be in who to watch out for you know yeah i don't think it hurts the sport to fucking have everyone with the headset in or anything like i mean you'll still no, have busted just... coverages all this shit like i i don't I don't get why college football is behind on that shit. That's just, especially with high school having it in some existence. And I think it's better. I don't want to talk too long on this, I guess, but I think it's better for like a college developmental standpoint where if if you're a team that's drafted like a, a, you know, a high performing, or not drafted, uh, recruited a high performing, you know, freshman quarterback. He could be a really athletic guy, great arm, but there's a huge learning curve going from like, you know, having wide receivers run in the play, you know, in high school or having like really simple signals because high school, you know, they don't get that in depth in a lot of places to be trying to steal signs or anything to 
all of a sudden now you're you're looking over, you're like watching boards, you're watching the fucking backup quarterback wiggle his finger at you, like trying to figure out what the fuck this all means. Meanwhile, you could have a headset that says, "Hey, you want to run play number seventeen on your armband, dumbass?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, I can do that." <laughs> Unless you're uh, an Alex Grinch's defense from back at Washington <laughs> State. If you, did you ever see that article where they they went they played a whole half where half the defense had the wrong wristbands on. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you can <laughs> that in. Yeah, now they got defense did it matter. It was back when they were he was they were like somewhat credible. He was coaching under Mike Leach at the time and like had oh. the mediocre which was like a Herculean achievement. <laughs> <laughs> I I it's fucking that's just Alex Grinch in a nutshell though, just being a dipshit. That's fucking hilarious. Um yeah, I also, like, it takes away sign-stealing, man. I mean, same with how Pitchcom sort of has become a thing to an extent for, you know, we can thank the Astros for Pitchcom to some extent. I think but... Pitchcom's still, like, less cool than just thinking that, like, the, the catcher's sitting back there sticking, like, fingers down, like, two, three. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah sure. That's cool. Yeah, and, yeah. and guess who ruined that for everybody, Dylan? Yeah, Jose Altuve. Yep, correct. <laughs> So I guess one final thing about the Michigan cheating thing. This just dropped. He bought tickets to four different campus games of four contenders last year with records of purchase of SEC title game tickets in 2021, 2022. And 12 of the 13 Big Ten schools have record of him buying tickets. Two schools have records of him using his military discount to buy tickets. I'm curious. I'm curious what we use in the system. I'm curious which Big Ten teams like. Did he say like, ah, oh, we can skip Nebraska or we can <laughs> skip Rutgers? <laughs> well, I'm y'all actually. I'm this, surprised. This, this last year, no, Nebraska did not put up a fight, but the year before they did. Uh, no, in twenty one. In twenty one, that was a fucking close game. So maybe that is one they skipped, or maybe maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the reason Nebraska didn't win that one. Maybe you know, maybe Scott, maybe I should still thank uh, Harbaugh because because Scott Frost might still have his job if he beats uh, Michigan in twenty one. <laughs> I think the drinking really helped. That and the golden tea. Yeah, it's just an entire career derailed by the presence of a fucking golden tea machine. <laughs> Not the first nor the last. <laughs> uh, I got one more piece, and this one's also Big Ten related. This one I think you guys will get a good laugh out of. Um, they're the Big Ten West, so just to just to kind of jog your memory, that's Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota. The Big Ten West currently only had and this is as of last saturday after the games last saturday so sunday i guess the big 10 west currently has one team in top 100 scoring offense jesus you want to guess who that is minnesota i'm guessing yeah. Minnesota. Oh. uh well, colin you gotta guess why Big Ten West um best scoring team the only team in the top 100 it shouldn't be Iowa, so I don't know if you're lo- loaded question Nebraska at us, but I'll take Nebraska. Oh, hell no. It's not Nebraska. I don't think so. Absolutely not. So, Sam, I'll give you – hold on. So so the, the only team in Big Ten West in the top 100 of scoring offense is Wisconsin. Sam, would you like to guess where they're ranked? <laughs> uh, 96th. 
79th, so it's actually not terrible. Okay. But what is yeah, terrible is the rest of the Big Ten West. So Wisconsin is ranked 79th. The next closest is Purdue, that is 102nd in scoring offense in the FBS. Next, uh, Illinois, 113th. Minnesota, 114th. Northwestern, 115th. Iowa's 118th and dead last in, in the Big Ten West. And 121st in scoring offense is the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who is 4-3 and, yeah. and, and can, e- like, not easily, but could, re- in reality, make a bowl game this year, which would be huge in Matt, in Matt Rule's first year. But also, yes. there's also a scenario, because, like, so Nebraska and Iowa have defenses that are so just so incredibly good, at least for the teams they have to go up against um, where like Nebraska could win. There, there's a scenario still in which Nebraska could win the big 10 West. And it's not like some pie in the sky idea that it could happen. It's like you start looking at the schedule and everybody else's schedule and how the big 10 West is shaken out so far. It could, it's like le- could legitimately happen with one of the worst offenses in the country. Do you think Iowa getting screwed to an extent helps them? Oh, I mean, obviously it helps them. Obviously it helps them. That that was phrased poorly. But if they don't get screwed, do you think Nebraska still has a shot? I do because Nebraska still has to play Wisconsin. That's probably their toughest game on the schedule. Um, You know, I I like Nebraska's chances against Purdue this coming weekend. I like uh, Nebraska against Iowa at the very end of the year because I think this is a worse Iowa offense and a much, much, much better Nebraska defense than last year. Uh, Over-under on that game right now. What's it going to be? The over-under for that. uh, Iowa-Nebraska, I'm going to say... 34, 35, 34 and a half. What, what was their one this weekend? Was it 30 and a half against Minnesota? Uh, no, it was, fuck, I can't remember. I took the, I took the, un, I don't even I, No, no, they didn't, wait, oh, Iowa, Minnesota, I took the under, it was like under yeah. 32, I think. 32 and a half, maybe. Okay, I think it got down to 30 and a half by the end. I could be wrong on that. Um, I bought him at, like, uh, if I can find it, I bought him. You got him at 32 and a half. I remember yeah, that. And, and it dropped. It it got, it officially closed at 30 and a half. Will, and you're telling me Nebraska and, uh, Nebraska and fucking Iowa won't be lower? It, it kind of, it just, Depends. Both those teams are, have been just riddled with injuries on the offensive side. And it, 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 at least at Nebraska, what I'm finding out is happening is rather than saying, oh, man, we're fucked, kind of like Iowa has, they're finding young contributors that actually have a lot of talent that they didn't realize. And so th- there are things that, you know, there are some bright spots to all of this, um, at least on the Nebraska side. I'm not sure Iowa feels quite the same way, uh, but they're also a lot better off at quarterback before before injury whereas nebraska really didn't think they had anything to lose by guys getting injured on offense gotcha i was just curious because obviously that is uh that over under is a big old fucking uh intriguing sickos committee shit right there so oh and if 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 the huskers are ever favored by more than a touchdown definitely take the other team to cover (laughs) <laughs> I, I I took them with my dad and I's just head to head shit that we do, 
Just because you had said that, I took Northwestern in that. So because like Nebraska is the team that feels like they win, like they feel like they win firmly. They just can't score enough points to actually run away with it. But all right, Colin, I know you had a news item, so let's let's go to you first. All right, so arguably the greatest. Uh, this is Texas A and M uh, related. Gig'em. Their best coach in the last at least fifteen years. Uh, got arrested on DUI. Someone? Yeah, he yeah. is. Mar- he knew, is. I know he's a drinker. Yep, Maryland co-offensive coordinator Kevin Sumlin arrested on DUI charge yesterday. And let me tell you, his mugshot is uh, I, I would I would say guilty. Uh, did, did he keep his job? Um, there Charlie. has been well, uh, seven hours ago. It just DUI. Seven hours ago, it just says Terps assistant Kevin Sumlin not with team after DUI. Yeah. Shocker. It was sub 24 hours. Like, of course he isn't. But I, I just saw that little bit and saw it was funny, especially with how bad A&M is under Jimbo. I, seeing Sumlin's name was just sort of funny to pop up. Former Arizona head coach Kevin Sumlin. Actually, what's funny is I typed it in to see – just how long ago it was, and uh, their Arizona Desert Swarm made sure to say former Arizona Wildcats football head <laughs> coach busted for DUI. So <laughs> everyone was claiming him to yesterday. Father of uh, OU legend Jackson Sumlin, as a matter of fact. Oh. I couldn't. I mean, that makes sense because they got the same last name, but I would have never have thought about that. He's on FAU now because he sucks. <laughs> yep. Was he recruited by Lincoln? He was, I believe. Oh, oh shocker. And Damn, Kevin Sumlin, of course, is also, you know, a former Oklahoma guy and, you know, had his name dropped in the legendary Malcolm Kelly freestyle. So I do respect former. him and his driving habits. Oh, hey, I respect the driving habits 10 out of 10. So should, They could put together – they could actually put together a half-decent – like like they should have a like a traffic school – with a college football team, or with like college athletics, because they could have uh, Bob Huggins be the basketball coach, Kevin Sumlin could be the football coach. I'm sure they could pick. I'm sure they could find a bunch of assistants. You know, Mickey Joseph's out here, Scott, out there. He's a drinker uh, and a and a wife beater, and uh, you know, Scott Frost would be a, DUI, be a great offensive coordinator. Well, did did Sarkeesian get busted for that type uh, Sarke- of shit? Sarkeesian used to be a drunk, but I think he's I think he's uh, he's he's gotten gotten away from that. He has, and I'm not sure Reformed. if he got specifically a DUI. Yeah, I could, I, that's what I couldn't tell you. At USC. Yeah, Sam, a little known fact, Sam is actually a Bob Huggins chauffeur, and he took a day of vacation when he was driving around <laughs> at Pittsburgh that day. <laughs> One of my uh, life's right. greatest mistakes. <laughs> Sam, you didn't bring any news, did you? I did not bring any news this week. All right, Corbin, I, 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 didn't, I didn't ask you to, but here's your chance. I would take that as a no. I think we're out of luck. So we're going to move on. was the Michigan. Okay. We're going to move on to uh, slow pitch, fast pitch, where uh, we come up with takes. Uh, Slow pitch is supposed to be an easier buy, uh, maybe an easier take to agree with, whereas the uh, fast pitch is supposed to be, you know, a little bit hotter take, a little harder to uh, agree with. This week, Colin has takes. So, uh, Colin, take us away. Uh, I guess I, I think I have probably the fast pitch 
Sam, what's your thoughts? Um, I if I'm reading the tea leaves of Dylan's guess, I I could see how mine would be the slow pitch. So I guess I'll go with slow pitch, but I I might go either way. All right, yeah. So yeah, it is exactly how y'all thought. And Sam's take was the Dolphins aren't able to compete with good NFL teams. So this did feel like a tad fast for me. I mean, I think the Dolphins, I know this isn't exactly how the take was stated. I think the Dolphins are a good NFL team. So, I mean, I guess I would say I think they can compete. But I, I when you look on paper at what they've done so far this year, it leaves you having to say either the, the Patriots or the Chargers are that good NFL team that they they proved it against. And I think maybe the Chargers have a bit of an argument there, but the record doesn't support it. Um, I mean, really, yeah, the Dolphins haven't beaten anybody that's particularly impressive or threatening this year. They got blown out by the Bills. They got handled by the Eagles. But I do think it's a bit of an overreaction. I've always been a bit of a buyer on Miami and maybe more so than they've deserved, like for a couple years running now, um, just with the talent on their defense. And then their offense obviously has caught up and lapped the defense um, since Mike McDaniel came on board. But I don't know. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from pretty uninspiring results in their big games this season, but I am not totally going to buy it because I still take them seriously as a threat to win that division. Um, and, and I think that they are good enough to take it to a good team on a given night. And we just haven't necessarily seen it, but I also would not necessarily favor the dolphins over, you know, the, the, the best of the best in the NFL. So, Colin, I, I guess my my quick response to this is: How do you feel? How do you feel about the Forty ers Um, you know, I think this yesterday is much more intriguing on how I feel about the Niners than I did the week before. Because um, I, I argue that the Forty ers are in a little bit of a similar situation, <laughs> except their 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 problem is not necessarily like quote-unquote, good teams, you know, because, uh, you know, I guess they, they did beat the Rams, which, you know, you can argue that they, they really they took uh, took the Cowboys to the woodshed. But then you have back-to-back losses to the Browns and the Vikings who do very interesting things that it seems like the 49ers aren't used to. It's not necessarily difficult things, just they play in a way that it, it's kind of an ugly game, and it seems like 49ers can't win in an ugly game. So it seems the like Browns, Dolphins, so the 49ers in that regard might be a little uh, a little similar. It, so here's the thing: I think that the Niners have shown down the stretch of last year, though, that they're capable of big wins. And I mean, they beat the, your yearly fraud of you know the Cowboys and beat the piss out of them. And so I, I wouldn't say I, I prop the Niners up too much over the Dolphins in that aspect. I do think the Browns' defense is easily top three, top five in the league. So them like them struggling on on dr on offense had some like rationale to it, and their defense isn't quite as good as years past. I feel like they have some out like outstanding players and. The Browns got the job done. You know, fluke wins do happen, but then you sort of lose the ability to say fluke wins happen when the Vikings do it as well. And just Purdy looked like shit. There, there's really not much more to it on that front. But to go back to the Dolphins, uh, their what's their collect? I think their collective wins, like records, is five like, and two. 
Yeah. They, oh they, no 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 no. I mean, they, like the the guys they have won. Yeah, are like. I think the highest one has two wins on the season. I could be wrong. I didn't check that right before to double check my work, but I saw the graphic. I think during the Eagles game when they were, it was it was a lot of. I saw a lot of ones, and so it's just they're not playing exactly against good teams when they're beating the shit out of them. I mean, the Broncos I mean, are bad. I think the Broncos just got their second win, if I remember right. It depends how drunk McDaniels is, because he, he, like, sounded drunk after, like, like when they were talking to him, like, at halftime and then after the Eagles game. He just, he, like, sounded drunk. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, like, I think he's a good coach, but I think when the lights get bright, Tua's head starts to hurt a lot, and um, he shies away <laughs> from playing well. Or, you know, playing up to what he can play to. Obviously, they put up 70 earlier this year. In that case, just feed um, the ball to Raheem Mostert. He will uh, single-handedly make teams his bitch. The Chargers are, I think I think we discussed them last week, being a very Fraudulent. sort of intriguing team that are, yeah, they're, they're sort of frauds to the extent of they still have Staley as a head coach that's, I think, hindering them a bunch. They're the only team that really... Uh, I mean, put up numbers on them that were not the teams that beat them. So I just I when you're two teams you've lost. So I get that it's the Bills and the Eagles. It's not slouches. Um, I mean, it it's is, just they don't really have a lot of in between in their schedule. It is. An they, interesting, they get the Chiefs yeah. two weeks from now, which the Chiefs' defense is playing really damn well. The uh, Mahomes has been weirdly shaky to some extent lately like he's he's been a bit more turnover prone but i think that's also attributed to the wide receiver core but outside of that the dolphins on real like contenders that they play they play the ravens and they play the dolphins or the bills sorry um and that's all they really have on teams that are i would say good and then all the other teams are pretty low totem pole teams they have for the year so they could have that inflated what's uh fucking 13 and 4 record unless they falter maybe maybe 12 um, and 5 you know you're going to give up another one you shouldn't you should yeah exactly yeah i mean and they have the cowboys i'm chalking that one down as a win uh, but yeah one of these other games could be you know where they falter again but i yeah they probably end the season 12 and 5 but if they lose strictly to the bills eagles ravens and Bills again, it's just how seriously can you take that team, you know? It's not a bad record whatsoever, but if you can't beat a, another good team, how seriously should you be taken? Yeah, you made a couple interesting points there that I, I want to touch on when we're done with the takes because it kind of fits into some of the questions I want to ask Corbin about the Jets this year and, and just some, some interesting trends we're seeing in the NFL this year. Uh, Corbin, how do you feel about the Dolphins to start the year? I think the Dolphins, honestly, are the only team now after in that division after everyone's played. They'll definitely probably get the playoff spot of that division. That's just how the kicks go. Not worried about the Patriots anymore, thank goodness. Bills got some working out to do, but I know the Bill, the Dolphins are, I feel, going to land better than the Bills. I feel the Bills will drop like a random game against us and the Patriots, probably lose, lose the division against the Dolphins. But, yeah, they'll definitely easily get the playoffs. Further than that, no idea. 
but they'll definitely get, get yeah. some wood. And one thing I, like I did see too. recently for like this year, and, and maybe it's also past, is it seems that Josh Allen's playing to the level of his opponent, if not a touch below, and sometimes where he really shouldn't. But that yeah. New England game was was ugly for Buffalo, and then they <laughs> somehow they went and bailed it out late, and looked like they were going to win, and then they went and let New England's dog shit offense just march right down the field on them one last time and go beat them. That was that was embarrassing. Yeah, last week had a couple of those though, where it was just teams able to march down the field and get it done when they needed to. Browns yep. were the same way. Um, all right, so we'll we'll leave it there on the on the slow pitch, the fast pitch. Uh, I had much more fun, I think, crafting just because I know how it was going to play out to some extent. All right, Dylan, I hope you pre- you prepared this. I and do it like is. this one. I th- I think there's two ways you can take it. Uh, the Bears' offense is hindered by Justin Fields' dynamic ability. Uh, I, I liked this when you sent it to me the first time and said more about his dual threat ability. Um, but if, if you're considering dynamic, you know, kind of try to extend plays and, and work with your legs a little bit more. I kind of like to buy this because I, I've said from, you know, the, the beginning of this season with the Bears struggles that I think Eberflus and the rest of the uh, the coaching staff, I think they've coached a lot of the the, the Justin Fields out of Justin Fields. Um, you know, if you go back to his Ohio state days, yes, of of course he could always move the ball with his feet and he, he had a lot of success doing so mostly though, to go, you know, get that first down if, you know, if you just can't find a good open receiver in coverage, but you know, that they've dropped eight guys back. So all of a sudden you have all the room in the world to run. Um, I, I do think, you know, he, he had that ability to legs, but if you go back to his Ohio state days, he, he wasn't like a designed runner all that often at Ohio state. And and while, yeah, he can run. I don't think that was the best part of his game. So all of a sudden you're taking him into Chicago. And after the end, at the end of last year, you know, he made a lot of waves with his legs being able to make something out of nothing. But now I think he's kind of relying on that as a, as as a crutch, you know, thinking he can, he can make lightning happen twice. Kind of like we saw at the end of last season where, fuck, shit's all breaking down. I got to rely on being the best athlete on the field and get out of this pickle, except this year, either he's not the best athlete on the field, uh, maybe his offensive line's that much worse, maybe the offensive scheming's that much worse, or maybe now he's just, he's out of the headspace of thinking, I need to be a pocket passer quarterback, and into the headspace of thinking, I don't want to get my head knocked off. I got to move around. I have to make something happen with my legs. I got to play a little happy feet because my offensive line's going to break down because my you know, wide receivers aren't open. Maybe the scheming isn't right, you know, to get those guys open uh, to for for uh, Justin Fields' abilities. So, yeah, I, I think it's been coached out of him to where now his legs are a liability because he won't sit in the pocket and take and be patient anymore. So, I that's one way – that was one way to put it. Now, honestly, it was – the fun way of phrasing that was to make it seem like it was a Justin's like Justin Fields problem and I think Sam will definitely touch up on how much he hates uh, the head coach and offensive coordinator Fields has had some very very bad reads that are a part of this but I think that the first year which was last year under Eberflus and what Getsy Sam yeah yeah he 
he got a little more free reign while they were still implementing a plan. And maybe this year their plan has been implemented and it didn't, you know, maybe they didn't adjust to what he can do really well, which, he, like, obviously he can run the ball. He had a very good rushing stats last year. And if you look at his stats rushing this year, they're dog shit. It's like he, it's not that he's afraid to run maybe from a perspective of getting hit or anything, but he wants to maybe show he can throw or that's what they want out of him and that he's a little more timid to do it. And I think that offense that they have is off, very much this year piss poor on like just some play calling for sure. Sam loves the bubble screens and all that shit. Um, but also, I think that it they simplified the offense too much that it works with your backup where he doesn't need to do much and you don't expect much out of him. But when you have a quarterback that should be able to do better and it's so simple it almost flusters him into fucking up worse. Actually, I'd like to hear Sam's thoughts because should they be simplifying, like significantly simplifying the offense for Justin Fields just to get him comfortable again? Because I don't think he's comfortable back there anymore. Right? You know, when he when he was healthy. Um, it, it's it's an interesting. I I could obviously just just really dive into this shit for a long time, but honestly, I I hate to say it at, at this point where I'm at with it is I'm kind of inclined to sell all of this and and I mean I don't think we're well coached. I don't think that we have tailored things to set fields up for success. I think all those points are valid, but I think at the heart of it, it's a Justin Fields problem. Uh, I I I obviously think statistically we probably would have seen a little better out of him in other places that he could land. But with everything I've seen, how much, you know, how much time he's had, I'm not going to sit here and say we, we have a, a talented offense this year, but we did actually take some steps forward as far as the surroundings for him this year. And he has not elevated his game at all in turn with that. Um, I, I, again, I don't think we're well coached, but honestly, I just think it comes down to, Teams are taking away what he's best at. Um, it, it's, it's it's kind of a twofold thing there. So as far as the running goes, teams are, are just doing a better job of taking that away. He is still, I'd say, I mean, I, I don't watch Lamar Jackson as closely as I watched Fields. As far as, like, avoiding sacks, and he still takes a ton of them, but the amount of times I see Fields, like, break a sack or get out of a situation where I think he's fucked is actually still jaw-dropping. Like, he's incredibly fun to watch in that regard. Um, some of the highlights he's pulled off in his career are, are just really incredible with how fast and how big he is and just, like, how he's able to sort of power through contact in the, in the backfield and all that shit. But he's just never shown a, the ability to consistently just be the team through the air. If he, if he has to drop back and play quarterback and there's a quarterback spy and contain and he can't keep getting to the outside and just waiting, extending plays and throwing deep – like he does not have it in him to go read through two, three progressions and hit the dude on the backside of the play. It doesn't happen. He leaves a lot on the board doing that or on the table for us. Um, and, and Colin pointed out, obviously, the, like this last week, the game plan's different a little bit. It, it, Tyson Bajant looked pretty damn good for us, undrafted rookie. Um, his average depth of throw was like, two yards or some shit <laughs> like it basically it was it was, it was green, legitimately man. scaled even back from what we run the field 
Yeah, but I honestly, I just don't think that Fields is cut out for it anymore. I, I've been a believer in, in him. I, I have his jersey. I didn't ha- ever have a Mitch Trubisky jersey. I saw through that one pretty much from the get-go to some extent. Um, honestly, can't say the same with Fields. I was sold. Uh, still really like him. Like Sometimes he catches shit for his, his interview answers and stuff gets taken out of context. And for the most part, I think it's all bullshit. I think he's a good kid. Um but I just don't think he has it. I don't think it's necessarily been coached out of him. I just don't think it was ever coached into him. Um, and he just doesn't have what it, it, what it takes in my eyes to consistently beat NFL pass defenses. When he has had good games and strung them together, he's been it's been facing a lot of man coverage and just easy reads. And, and this year, like letting DJ Moore against Washington just go bully a rookie corner one-on-one all night over and over like that. And he, and he goes and puts up 200 yards or something doing it. Um, but we just haven't seen fields be able to go up against good defenses and against zone defenses and make the right reads consistently and pass for large yardage basically ever in his career. Uh, I, I think unfortunately his time in Chicago is coming to a close this season. And, and Colin, we'll give you a chance to, if you want to explain yourself a little bit, but I do think this is an interesting segue into the next direction I want to go. So, I just thought it was sort of, you know, Bears won without Fields, and I mean, I don't think they looked, a, a, you know, exactly exciting doing it. It was just, the, the Raiders' defense isn't that bad at all, so, like, Badgett didn't carve them up for, at all. But it was funny to sort of see the Bears get the win. And the only other two games they've been, like, right there with have been just shittier defenses than the Raiders as, what, Commanders and Broncos, where they've been, like, very, very much in that game the whole time. So Yeah. yeah. They're in the Vikings, but that's also shitty defense. So Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's no uh, – and also, I mean, Fields got hurt. Fields in was some bad th- in that game, though. And Badgen actually what got a touchdown in that one to bring him look like he was going to be fucking maybe the savior they needed. And then <laughs> until he tried to the yeah, ball. It, holy shit! Yeah, they threw that lame duck pick to just like knock down Sam and all the other Bear fans. <laughs> they just they got my they got my hopes up, man. I should have known better. They just have a real knack of just pulling me in just this much before I, I get reminded what Chicago Bears football is and I see a throw like that and just go, oh, yeah, okay. It's time so, for the 3 p.m. slate. Fuck it, whatever, man. Been doing this yeah. too long. I don't think Tyson Badgett will be, uh, you know, Cooper Rush, but he could be pretty solid maybe if Fields is out for a bit. No Cooper Rush. All right, so that, that's a good segue. We want to do some a little more general NFL talk, and I got some questions to ask Corbin while he's here with us, but I, I, I want to segue that. So one of the problems, I, I think, Justin Fields is either – he's either not being managed closely enough or they're managing him incorrectly, whereas there's a couple quarterbacks, I think, who are like some of the most micromanaged quarterbacks in the league by their their offensive coordinators, their head coaches. Uh, one of those, Kirk Cousins, and I, I think he fits into that. I think he works with that, being micromanaged. You know, basically Kevin O'Connell 
has specific ways he wants him to, you know, see these plays follow through rather than give Kirk Cousins a whole lot of choice. Another one is Brock Purdy. And you can look where that starts to break down, I think, in the last two games the 49ers has played. But an interesting idea here is that, and this is where I want some, some input from Corbin. Uh, I think uh, Robert Sala and Zach Wilson, I, I think Robert Sala isn't micromanaging Zach Wilson enough because he expected to have Aaron Rodgers, who is going to kind of run the offense the way it needs to be run. Uh, honestly, I can sort of see that, but he's just temporary. He's a purely, purely temporary solution. If Rodgers doesn't even come back at all, they won't renew his fifth year because I believe his fifth year is like $24 million. They're not paying that for him. So we know no matter what, he's either going to be a permanent second string or be gone in the next two years. So I guess they're just willing to let it play out. But I guess he's not trying to waste time on that and trying to develop other more important aspects of the offense, especially the line, and maybe just find a secondary receiver. But I, he's definitely not micromanaging him, but I can see why. How so, you... so, Dylan, sorry, yeah, just go let ahead. me input on that one. Sala draft is same timeline as Zach Wilson getting drafted. So maybe he, he knows he's given up on him and knows why <laughs> he's given up on him. Like his ass didn't get coached well enough in college and it was a bad pick. I think that's what he really realized. And so hey, Rogers, very well in college. <laughs> uh, Rogers, you know, being out is college football coach. Rodgers being out is more of an outlier situation than knowing you fucked up by drafting him. Yeah, Corbin, are you are you buying into the uh, the talk of Aaron Rodgers coming back from his Achilles this season? Absolutely not, and it doesn't make sense because I believe the Good. trade is that if he plays, he has to play seventy five percent of games for the Packers to get the pick. And so it yeah, definitely doesn't happen. make sense for him to come back for like the final couple of games. So I think they'll just hold them all out for the rest of the year. Try to like see what they can do with the, another first round pick that they got from the Packers and just see where it goes from there. Oh yeah. 75% is gone. That's yeah. for sure. But yeah. why at this point, the season's lost to an extent. Uh, like you could watch, I mean, you could wild card uh, it, but what's the point defense. of yeah, it is for sure. But what's the point of risking maybe wild card at birth for Rodgers to maybe re-tear his fucking Achilles because he was stubborn or the team was stubborn about rushing him back? Then you burn both years in all reality of his fucking contract. I mean, I want to point out how insane that is, how insane Aaron Rodgers is right now. Uh, is he in his year, his age 40 or 41 season? Uh, Sam, what year? 40 or 41, Aaron Rodgers? I'm not sure. I don't okay, know. I think 40. 40. 40. Okay, yeah, your age 40 season, trying to rush back from, like, a major Achilles injury is just absolutely 39. insane. Okay, whatever. He's coming up on 40. You, you know, try to come back early from an Achilles injury? Jesus Christ. Uh, but, Corbin, what, what's your reaction to Aaron Rodgers going down out on the field and throwing before games? So it's very obvious, like, his injury, he can still obviously throw. 
but he ain't gonna move. <laughs> and, and one thing that's gonna knock him over, it'll return the Achilles easily again. And so, uh, I guess he's just trying to like be the cool guy who's like, yeah, I'm not injured, but he really yeah, what, is. What fucking injured. good does that do anybody? <laughs> you know, he's he's taking away like reps and taking away attention from the like from the folks. And he's who not need taking it. reps. No, but you get the point. Like he's down there out in the field. He, Zach Will, he could be coaching up Zach Wilson or something. Holy fuck! He loves hey, the limelight, man. He just wants he just wants course. people talking about it, speculating. Could he do it? Oh man, we better get some eyes on him, man. He's always been that way with the the bullshit retirements and all of it. We've seen it too many times. He's gonna milk anything he ever gets the chance to milk. He's still going on Pat McAfee talking shit about Pfizer like he did, <laughs> motherfucker. It's twenty twenty three, and he's still doing it. Yeah, I mean, he just he just loves the sound of his own voice, man. He he can't get enough of it. But but you know what the Jets are not okay. Zach Wilson's not necessarily who you want to have quarterback, but he's proven that he's not completely helpless out there. I mean, you Has got he? you got the defense to do it, you know, to make a run at this thing. Your your offense, you know, you got a little bit of injury there. You mentioned Corbin, you need a wide receiver two over there. But where where's your optimism for this season? Help us help us feel hopefully as optimistic as you do. I think the. I think they can get nine and seven. I think they can get a winning record and just miss playoffs just from the virtues of Bills and Miami just having better winning records and wild card too. So I don't, they could hit wild card. They definitely will not win the division. They could hit wild card. Going into offseason, they just need one more offensive tackle, a wide receiver two, and honestly, hopefully Rodgers coming back healthy and they have a squad. Yeah, I think next year's Jets are. are- going to be probably pretty legit based on what they've built up already defensively and then a lot of the youth that they have overall. You know, Sam, I think your mind kind of works this way, at least more so than mine does. Uh, is there anybody you could think of that, or maybe you guys have read something out there, who do the Jets, if if the Jets decide they want to make a run at it this year, which Corbin, it sounds kind of like they're they're just kind of giving up, but who who do they trade for? You know, who who do they trade for on the wide receiver end? This year, yeah, I mean, if they think they can, let's, say, let's say they win a few in a row and they need to make a run at it. Uh, I'm trying to think who might be available. At Mike Evans. I don't. I don't see him getting traded though. He's playing pretty well for Tampa. I'm not sure. Plus, what he's a rental, right? He's yeah. Well, I mean, that's he, kind of they. They would probably. That's why he would be available. Yeah, his contract like, is if, if, yeah. If they, if they show yeah, they no. make a run at it, you know, they win a few in the row. Maybe maybe Zach Wilson gets in a groove and, and he's at least like. Joe Flacco levels, you know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Zach Wilson will never be elite. Either will Joe Flacco. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. He already has been and will be always. Oh. Joe Flacco is more elite than Kirk Cousin is at this exact moment. Does uh does your old boy Butt Fumble still have any in the tank left in the tank? Bring him out of retirement. <laughs> Get him out I of the booth. Say, I would say Mark Sanchez at his prime <laughs> probably would have this team compete. Like yeah, Mark Sanchez did, didn't he that, take him to an AFC either. championship game? Yeah. He didn't take him. The cool. defense took him. He was just there. What? Well, yeah, he there. did show up. That's what would happen with him right now, yeah, anyway. Break the so. Revis at a at a retirement with Mark Sanchez. Uh, 
They got the sauce, man. They just respawned Darrell Revis, man. Bring back Quincy and Nunn was wide receiver two. <laughs> His broken fucking neck. <laughs> um. Is there any uh, – sorry, I want to talk quarterbacks, talk Jets. Uh, Corbin's obviously kind of sold out of this uh, this year. You know, y- y- they're going to get that number one pick from the Packers. Where do you where do you see the future of this Jets team going? You know, you got Aaron Rodgers back next year, right? So wh- where do you think what, – what position group do you target with, uh, you know, in the draft? Where do you go – where do you go from here to make next year not suck? So realistically – they are probably going to still have to draft a quarterback in the draft. Around the fifth round, because just long-term options, Rodgers is going to be done. After next year, it's over. And then Zach Wilson, no one's paying Zach Wilson $24 million. So the that's future the, Panther written all over him. <laughs> Here we go again. Uh, and so I think first round, you target – first couple rounds, you target offensive line – then you try to see if you can get a wide receiver because next year's wide receiver class extremely loaded. Then get a quarterback, resign your talent, maybe trade for some people. So, and then it's just going to get a log jam and then a defense because we have some defensive guys who are coming up on some big contract renewals. And so it's just having the timeline right. But I think the biggest question will always be quarterback. But I think if they get a quarterback in the mid rounds and just let him learn and not throw them to the Wolves like we used to do. Like, I'm trying to think of, oh, uh, not the Darnold years. Before the Darnold cool. years. But yeah, just the like, Barkley years. <laughs> All of those good times. A lot of, a lot of USC quarterbacks. A, a lot of USC oh, yeah. and, like, uh, Western United States quarterbacks not working out for them. Um, uh, I guess Aaron Rodgers included in that. He was a Cal guy. Uh, so they'll have two first rounders. I mean, right? That's how that's gonna shake out, or uh, believe I mean, so. That, yeah, that, that's. I mean, like Corbin said, if they if they want to tackle or an offensive line, I mean, first round tackle, first round wide receiver. A lot of yeah, those, a lot of those make... first round wide receiver guys tend to work out. I can't speak as much for you know the first round offensive line guys, but that seems like they a solid sure plan. can. Yeah, I mean, there you're going to see a few draft get drafted and look like shit each year, and you're going to see a few get drafted and look pretty damn good on the O line most years. But yeah, honestly, I agree. Like their defense is already loaded with young talent. I'm sure they'll supplement that to some degree in the draft, but they can go ahead and focus on on O line and get a receiver early and probably get some pretty good talent to bring into the mix there. So I, I, I oh go on, Colin. Go ahead. The Jets. The Jets just only have one first rounder next year. Are they they're not? Just... Do they trade their own for something else? Because they're getting uh, the Green Bay's. Are they not? No, 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 the... no, no. That no. That's not how that was working. They would have to uh, give up a first. Uh, yeah, I'm being a dumbass. And yeah. so, yeah, I was. That was okay. losing me there. Uh, no, they're going to have to give up their second rounder instead yeah, okay. of the first. Yeah, that was the condition within that. So they won't have a second rounder because. Uh, Rodgers did not play 75%, which, I mean, first versus second's a big net fucking positive. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, they only have, they only have one first. I think you, I, depending on spot you go, if the offensive line, as I think Corbin was saying, is a spot to go after, if a guy's there, that's good enough. You, you, you reach there for offensive line. Oh, yeah. We've seen that you can go later with 
wide receiver. Uh, funny enough, one of the things I just clicked on, uh, I think projected Shadur Sanders as y'all <laughs> no. fourth round pick oh, quarterback. God. So that would be a that'd be a funny one. I don't want those problems. <laughs> what what problems are you talking about? I, prime t- imagine if Prime Time comes on the staff as the cornerbacks coach. Hopefully, just that would quarterback. Be incredible that in New York still. Having primetime and Aaron Rodgers in the same room would just be... Oh, God. Fuck it. Just make what? him the head coach, man. Let's start Shadur over over Aaron. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on Colorado? Uh, so, Dion can't coach. Can't coach. They're good, but he's surrounded himself <laughs> with, with staff that can. Exactly. And that's the key thing. He's pretty much learning how to coach. But still tripled Colorado's win total from last year, so it's a win. <laughs> like you can't, like Colorado yeah. can't complain. They're already doing better, and then he's bringing in much more talent to when he can eventually learn how to coach in like three or four years. They can compete. So Bold of you to assume Dion will be there three or four years. Oh yeah, he's what? He's what what do you mean by compete? Just for the record, I think what, what, Colorado what? can win the Big Twelve Conference in three to four years. And then from there, who knows what happens. But, like, this year, if they get to a bowl game, it's static. But then their next couple years, it'll be, like, seven wins, eight, nine wins. And then the year after that, they could probably win the conference. And then see how dominoes slide, go into the college football playoffs. But, yeah, the team's pretty stacked, just pure talent alone. Just got to teach them how to work really in a scheme. So, so he's facing the USC problem. <laughs> yeah, but... yeah. No, I I was just looking at twenty two to compare to twenty three, and I think they had a bit of a tougher, uh, uh, fucking out of conference schedule last year, which plays in obviously, um, Dion's favor that they had because we're talking the year prior they had uh, in uh. Out of conference. Oh shit! Just lost it. Uh, TCU, which obviously they beat this year, which I, I I thought they were overranked to begin the year. They got the you know just typical sort of pity high vote for being in the title last year. But any rational thought they should have been out. Like they were worse, easily worse than they were gonna like anyone thought. Like than they were given credit for. Uh, Air Force, which is no slouch, and then Minnesota. Which compared to this year, where they had at TCU without you know a lot of people who took them to a title, which is no excuse to lose that game. I don't think. I I mean, if Colorado kept it close, that would have been fine. I think them winning is a big accomplishment. But then Colorado State is up there and equally as horrible, and they kept them then that game, and then. What, the next one they had was fucking... Nebraska. Uh, well, sorry, Nebraska was in between that. We know how bad Nebraska is. But you know what? The Nebraska defense... Let me... I mean, the Nebraska defense had had Colorado just looking for anything they could do. And really, it took, it took Jeff Sims handing the ball to Colorado two or three times for them to get something started. Um, I mean, they they faced, they, faced time adjustments. They, they faced they faced a good defense. They didn't have an answer until the defense got tired because Jeff Sims kept handing the ball back. You know, just like, hey, you want it? I don't know what to do with it. Maybe you can do more with it. 
Yeah, they're also two points away from winning that game at halftime if uh, you just take final score. But yeah, no, I, I think I think there's definitely some stuff to respect from them. I also just like the the suck off level was way too much, and there had like honestly the only reason I, the only thing I hate about USC this year is they did not follow up Oregon's performance of just beating the shit out of out of Colorado there and they should have and I think that would have nipped that shit in the ass a bit more but it took Stanford fucking coming back on Colorado to really nip it in the ass for the year so that that was like I don't know it, it's it, coaches being a little too cocky coming out being I mean was not thrilled about it especially when your team is just straight transfer portal filled. Um, like how much can you really attribute to, as you said, he, you know, he's not a good coach. He's not a coach. Uh, Cause like you can't really attribute what he did at Jackson state to Colorado on a, like a, a comparative level, you know, quite as much. So as you said, yeah, as you said, like he's just not a good coach and he's learning that shit and sort of, he was able to coast off of, name brand recognition previously to get some guys and that talent alone was good enough at that level and now power five it's a little funnier yeah uh we'll, we'll continue to see how the uh the dion experiment goes at colorado um i i know we want to touch on this uh by popular request so i'll let you guys kind of lead this one but uh Tonight's NBA opening night, um, I had the very first few minutes of Denver Lakers on earlier. Uh, I'd have to change the channel to see how that was going. But, I mean, hey, the NBA, we get another, what, like nine months of basketball starting again. We're, what do you guys think? What do you want to know? What do you want to see? What do you expect to see? What do you think your teams are going to do? I got uh, one question for Corbin. All right. I got that. Who's who's going to be better this year, record wise? Mavs or Thunder? That's that's like close. Like the Thunder have the best <laughs> young talent, probably the best assortment of young talent. Not the best like best young player, but the best assortment of young talent in the league. But I just think it's just a mix match in that too much young without bringing in like a solid vet to trade these young people for is just going to be too me, much. Man. And so it could go either way, like straight up with the Mavs. I don't know. They hit 50 wins. I'm ecstatic. That's all I really care for. 50 wins, making the second round, ecstatic. But I can see it go either way. If the Thunder do gel, then that's a dynasty right there. If they somehow like come together, all these young guns, that's a dynasty. That's not. That's at least winning five championships in the next 10, 15 years. I think the more important question, Colin, oh, yeah. I think you need to check yourself for a moment. Is it really who's going to do better over the season, or is it really who's going to do better during the uh, the mid-season tournament? <laughs> uh, you fucking ass. <laughs> I, I, Dylan, you know what? For not paying attention to the NBA, I, I appreciate no. you being able to rip that fucking that question guys, there because you guys, that shit is so stupid. Stupid. You explained that one to me last year that that was coming up, and that pissed me off enough to where to where I still remember and think about that more than I ever should. Good, I'm glad because I, I share every feeling you have on that without a question, man. I, I I don't think anything more ridiculous has ever been thought of. Although I will say, in the spirit of bitching about the NBA, the fact that 
And and I guess was it MLB used to do shit like this too? I can't remember. Uh, it, it's opening night, right? That's exciting. There's two they fucking games. There's two fucking games. Like MLB did I, it this I year. I understand that you know they pick these matchups and they're like I mean, Lakers, a lot. There's Lakers a lot Nuggets of high bill. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot of high bill talent. It's Suns Warriors next. You know, you got the Warriors longtime dynasty, and you've got the Suns new super team. Like, I get what they're no going Brad for, Beal. but it just oh really? It just yes. doesn't do it for me, man. I'm like, I want to see, I want to see a big slate of games. I want to see all these teams playing. I like to me tomorrow night is opening night because like that you know the Bulls are playing the Thunder are playing everybody's playing basically except for you know the Lakers Nuggets uh, Suns and and uh, Warriors so I that that's some shit that gets under my nerves a little bit but if I was gonna weigh in on the Mavs Thunder my money's on the Thunder I think they're gonna have a really good regular season uh, probably if I had to guess maybe finish five ish games ahead of Dallas uh, but I could I could see it going either way I think Dallas will be better this year end product than they were last year I would certainly hope um, and I think there's a very good chance that Dallas could potentially play above their regular season record in the playoffs whereas maybe this is a year where you see OKC play a little below it as to what you brought up Corbin that you know they, they are not really seasoned in that sort of way and we have seen Luka I don't even think the Mavs you know are loaded with difference makers all around but we have seen Luka not even necessarily need difference makers to just go win a playoff series himself so I would probably say if I was going to offer a take, the Thunder finish better in the regular season, and Dallas comes out and looks better in the playoffs this season than OKC. Okay, uh, well, yeah, it, it's okay. Those those two teams in particular. Where what direction do you guys see the NBA going in this year that we're going to see different? Th- I mean, are the Nuggets still going to be you know the ones to beat? Are the Lakers going to disappoint again this year? What's going to change this year besides the stupid midseason tournament? Uh, I really couldn't tell you. Um, I don't think there's much some in the some... NBA these days, man. It's just, I mean, it's guys jumping around, stars wanting to play together to 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 end up on a championship team, and is, is yeah, I will say this for is the, for the foreseeable future. I mean, yeah, I, I will say this is refreshingly like in the end last year, really the last couple of years have kind of played out this way. Like, it's not the way it was in the mid to late 2010s, where you like know going into the year oh, it's going to be fucking Cavs-Warriors, and then it's going to be Cavs-Warriors again and again and again for nearly half a decade. Like, I, I, The good thing is, I think going into this year, maybe not a lot has changed about the landscape of the league, but I do think it's pretty wide open. Like, I don't think Denver is any sort of lock to repeat. I don't think it's impossible that they would. But, I mean, Miami is, is, is a threat to get back to the finals. They've been damn near to three of the last four. They were, I mean, like one shot away from being three of the last four. Um, and I don't necessarily even think they'd finish the job, but you know, you got Miami, Boston, maybe Philly figures it out this year. Probably not. Um, and you got all these teams in the West, the LA teams, you got Denver, Phoenix, the Thunder, Mavs, um, the Timberwolves are still trying to be, be legit. I don't think they will be, but I do think this year is pretty wide open and that makes it a little more exciting than what we've seen in the NBA a few years prior. And this sort of age of the NBA is getting that parody back going into the year. So I do find that to be a bit of an exciting trend, but it's not necessarily pulling me in too much. It's hard for me to get super fired up 
when the Bulls are just like stomping on my fucking will to live and watch the NBA on on a yearly basis. But, um, you know, I'm still looking forward to it. It's good to have more sports on. All righty. Um, any, any other words on the NBA here before we move on to our bum of the week? I got one for you, Corbin. I want one last thought. Kyrie Irving. Was that a good, (laughs) was that a good move or was it not? We will find out come December when uh, he catches COVID again. Has, <laughs> All right. Has, has Kyrie made a public statement on his thoughts on the Israel-Palestine conflict yet? I have no <laughs> probably, idea. probably he has. That's, that's, a, that's a good bet right there. Israel. <laughs> what, si- what side will he come out on? Uh all righty, we want to do bum of the week, or do we have time? To, Colin, do you want to do betting? Do you want to do bum of the week? Bum of the week, we'll bum it, of the we'll week. Turn it it. Colin's capping corner. Colin, take we, it away. We always, we always end with hatred. Um, so I will give the opportunity for Sam to probably steal my bitching, but Sam, do you have a bum of the week? Um, you know, I think I'm. I, I maybe am not going to steal your thunder here. Maybe I will. I don't know, but I'm. I'm diverting. Um, from one possibility just because I think I used them last fucking week or two weeks ago or something. Um, and I am just going to use my my bum of the week collectively on the dog shit flaming dumpster fire organization known as the Houston Astros, who were just sent packing from the ALCS to the delight of myself, everyone right. else on this product, right. except Dylan, so, and everyone else in the country. Because you wanted Dylan. them to lose, and they did what you wanted. Why are they bums? Because they lost. Yeah. Like a bunch of fucking bums. They went they, they lost, lost four they home games. games. Yeah, they played four home games in that ALCS and if they won just one of them, they'd still be alive and kicking right now. But they let the Texas Rangers walk in there and just bend their wife over on that table four times in Minute Maid Park, man. They just they just took it from Texas four times in their own stadium. Embarrassing. Well, that's interesting. Corbin, oh, okay. we'll let you. Well, now, fuck you. You don't get a defendant. Yeah, it's actually going to defend it. Advocate. No. Corbin, do you have a bum of the week? I uh, I respect our military, and so me respect my military. <laughs> I would like to give the bum of the week to retire retire United States Staff Sergeant Connor Medallion who successfully somehow was able to attend 53 college football games last year in a season that only had 12 actual games. That is that is immaculate talent. He was voted a veteran of the week at multiple stadiums. And so uh, America, don't write, uh, don't commit crimes with checks and make sure to always turn off your Venmo payments. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Dusty bum of the week. Uh, see, I wasn't going to defend it. I was going to go Dusty Baker for mismanaging this team, and I'll be I'll be glad if he retires this season. I'm you know, I, I, he's the kind of guy who you know you have to have a healthy balance between looking at your advanced statistics and you know going with your gut feeling and your years of experience. But Dusty takes that to a little bit of an extreme by you know just straight up refusing to look to look at pitching statistics. They went through. Uh, I lost count how many fucking pitchers and, and all because he put in an ineffective starter in Christian Javier for the game that they were trying to play and the batting lineup that the Rangers had put forward. 
Uh, some some would say if you listen to last week, uh, Dylan was <laughs> sucking Christian Javier off a little yes. bit about his postseason uh, talent. Yeah, so, it's even fault that Christian it, Javier couldn't well, get anybody no, but out. But does it mean he's always the per- Does it mean he's always the perfect fit? No, but also it means when you go through an entire line of p- pitchers just trying to see if something fucking sticks. Because you don't look, you won't look at the, the rotation sp- ran that well, way, man. Because you won't look at the spin rate statistic. He had options. He didn't have to go with Christian Javier. He had options. He had options later in the bullpen. Honestly, I don't think Hunter Brown would have been a bad opener in that game. But, but also if Hunter Brown gets the piss beat out of him. We're not talking about uh, Christian Javier. <laughs> if, if you go look historically at the seasons, Dusty Baker's time to go, and this was just a culmination of a hundred. I don't disagree with that, yeah. but but the Christian Javier slander one week previously I think, just I think sucked this in. was a hundred. <laughs> this was a hundred win regular season team if they had been managed better, and I think that's just reflected in the outcome of honestly a. Uh, a postseason they probably shouldn't have even made. So I'll take I'll take the CS I'll take the CS appearance. Am I sorely disappointed? Absolutely. Am I disappointed they gave up all four teams at home? I'm kind of pissed off about that. Um, but to me, it, it's not on the. Perf- it might be on the pitching performance, uh, but but a lot of it comes down to the management because I think the Astros have a roster that stacks up with just about anybody else uh, in, in the postseason in, in terms of talent, and you know they they just they. They blew it, and I, I, I'd like to put that on the uh, the coaching staff in the front office for putting together a, a poor game plan. Well, Dylan, I'm a little, right. a little surprised uh, if I sort of read between the lines properly. It seems like this may have eluded you, but uh, Dusty Baker actually already announced that he will not be returning. So your wish has been granted in that regard. The Dusty Baker era is over for the Houston Astros. Fortunately for all of us, he ended by getting his ass kicked. Um, but at least you can take some solace in knowing that uh, it's going to be a slightly new look to more, probably a lot of the same talent. One more LCS than uh, the White Sox made this season, or the Cubs. So that, uh, that is that is true. Same amount of <laughs> same amount of fucking World Series appearances though this year. Um, all right, that's, one that's, more that's... World Series title for each of our franchises this century. That <laughs> now, that we, now that we're if we're counting, you know. All right, so we're going to go with the easy bum of the week because he should never not be mentioned on this podcast if he does what right. he does poorly. And it's going to be Zach fucking Schmidt. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, you know, <laughs> Um, I have a, I have another one which I will touch on, but he should never be unable to be criticized when he misses a fucking kick. And the fun thing we got this week was, right, he missed two kicks, uh, both of which I believe were within his career long. Uh, but he's a bumfuck piece of shit that should have a scholarship cut. But there's the bonus, there's two bonus points here. The kicker from UCF, his last name, Boomer, nailed a 48-yarder on us, which uh, some uh, is, some may know is two yards further than Zach Schmidt's career-long at OU, which is 48, not impressive enough, in my opinion, to be a Power 5 kicker. Um, but also, number two bit of this 
is well, we had a man on the sideline for this one who reported back that after Zach Schmidt missed his second kick, which he whined about, but was in, and like I, I could sort of see it, but you know what? Fuck you! You should you miss enough kicks, you don't get a whine. Um, but they did their I think Chick Fil A little uh, competition where they have a random fan in the in the stadium uh, get a kick like a thirty yarder for you know free Chick Fil A for a year. And on the heels of Zach Schmidt missing his second kick, what does that kid go in and do? He nails that fucker. Uh, so, you know, nothing just really brings up the point of fucking kneecapping him. No one's getting hurt by you kneecapping Zach Schmidt. Because you take it out of his ha- out of his legs, in this opinion, or situation, where you don't have to worry about kicking it. And as we've discussed, I think, the last three weeks about him fucking us at some point. He really tried to do it la- on Saturday. And you know he's going to try and fucking do it again. So, fuck him. Get the fuck off of OU. You and Davis Bevel honestly shouldn't see a D1 fucking football roster for the rest of your lives. You don't deserve the free ride for school. You know it would be... Uh, you know, it would be really spectacular as if, like, the, the Chick-fil-A, you know, kick for tuition or whatever kid went up and was real nervous. And, you know, Zach Schmidt comes out and he's like, hey, kid, let, let, let me get this one for you. And then, you know, since it's just a, a show of, like, goodwill, you know, the organizers let it happen. And then he just fucking shanks it. So um, <laughs> how 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 the, how the, how the crowd reacted, uh, the, the description we got was, it was a collective depression of the fans witnessing this for someone winning something in which no one really lost out. So it wasn't like a competitive win and there's losers there. The only losers were the people who had to watch Zach Schmidt kick meaningful balls for the University of Oklahoma. And I will touch on my other bum of the week. It is Chode Ball Extraordinaire. It is Arthur Smith. Uh, for not announcing a single fucking thing about Bijan Robinson practically not fucking playing uh, against the Bucks, one carry, he had one three carry yards. for three yards, and I hate that piece of shit so much. And honestly, it's going to be real fun because the NFL is investigating this about it not being on the injury report or anything. So if we can get Chode out of there based off of this, fucking phenomenal. And I'm not, uh, you know, I don't love that we drafted Bijan, but holy fuck, either report he's hurt like in a fucking adult or fucking play him like he was our goddamn first-round pick, early first-round pick, and workhorse his ass. All righty. Uh- I, I I don't think, you know, if if they want to play Tyler Algier, however you say his last name, I think that's at the uh, coach's discretion. And I, I don't think there's any sort of, <laughs> I mean, you, you can you can arrest a guy. Maybe maybe he's legitimately just sore from his first season in the NFL. Uh, but uh, any last words, gentlemen, Corbin? Any last words? Chris Olave's uh, arrest video just leaked. Oh, it sure did. Bam's he Marcel Azuna, that fucker. He said, I play for the Saints, man. 
And it didn't fucking work. And no, I still brought him in. I ain't sweating that. Welcome to the team, Chris. Let's go. Let's go. Get me to five hundred. Does this video slot over or under the Eric Gilbert liquor store video? Far under. Uh, I would say Gilbert is like or Gilbert is pretty or to the top yeah. tier. Tony Larusa is not far behind and is probably a little closer of a comparison to what we've got with Alave here. But this was this was honestly pretty meager, uh, you know, small potatoes stuff from, uh, from my boy. I mean, uh, Dylan, you know the Marcella Zuna one, right? Where he just says, "I'm a Zuna from the Braves." Yeah, yeah. It is very adjacent to that. Okay. Except for just straight up, you get the fucking body cam of uh, the cop just going and. And which top quality fucking response of not in entertaining it in the slightest, just like fucking like pretty much the only thing he could have said was I don't give a fuck uh, would have been like the only step up from that because the end was just perfectly like sassy enough. So th- this probably slots in under Zach Stacy attacking his TV. I think oh, Ozuna oh. yeah. slots in uh, a lot closer to Zach <laughs> Stacy than Chris Olave does. All right. And that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Uh, I know we didn't get to betting on the podcast, but go check out our Twitter at three planes SB. That's at the number three P L A I N S S B where Colin will be sure to post our, uh, our NBA uh, college football, uh, NFL, and I guess uh, MLB World Series plays. Uh, to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet, and keep an eye out for future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from. And remember, quitters never win big, and big winners never quit. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>